Let's get into it. Let's go. Oh, man. Oh, oh man. <coughs> oh. So, Bicky's not feeling good. Is that what's? Is that the deal? Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Film Snobs podcast. I am your host, Ricky, and we are kicking off a brand new topic: bomb moms. I don't know where we got bomb moms from, but bombs are scary, and I don't like them, so I don't like this topic. Sometimes the kids say like. You know, that's the bomb, which means that's pretty cool. Yeah, kids are scary. But I but I came up with bomb moms, or not bomb moms, in response to Red Dad. Regard, regardless of, of the origins of bomb moms, I think it was that is the topic, and I chose exactly. the first movie, and my choice was Dancer in the Dark by Lars von Trier, starring uh, Bjork, playing the character Selma, a Czech immigrant who is working to help her son from going blind to pay for an operation and she is going blind in the process and as she um, recedes deeper into her blindness she um, falls deeper into her own musical fantasies and so this is a musical by Lars von Trier um, I yeah I'm hosting and my emotional state after this isn't the hottest but you know we're here and we're going to talk about it. upstairs to get some tea after this and also because i needed a moment of silence outside and ricky was up there just like in tears like i don't know how i'm supposed to host this (laughs) (laughs) it it affects me deeply um but yeah so this is actually part of a trilogy of movies by lars von Trier called the the golden hearts trilogy it's not like they're interconnected but they're like thematically connected and so they all kind of follow um a character with like a golden heart so they kind of got it have this purity to them the second in, two in the are world directly connected darkness the idiots connected to breaking the waves um oh this is that one i was thinking of his america trilogy that he never finished carry on i digress <laughs> <laughs> he likes to do uh chunks of movies and like thematic trilogies and then sometimes not finish them but that's okay um so uh with that though i think i would just like to get into it with uh, some initial spoiler free um, impressions from the group. Um, we can start with uh, Ethan on my left here. That's me. Um, yeah, it was very heavy. Um, it was really good. But it, I think it, for me, my first thought is one of those good movies that I'm not sure I want to see again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's probably my, my thought. <laughs> I'll leave it there for now. Hey guys, it's me, Jared Kloffenstein, the biggest Bjork fan on the film snobs. Bjork I, I mean, play me a Bjork <laughs> song, I'll name it for you. Bjork's probably one of my top f- three all-time favorite musical artists, so I stumbled upon this film in the middle of my Bjork phase, which still has not ended. Um, <laughs> that was I probably watched this, let's see what year, probably six or seven years ago, and I watched it on my laptop in the middle of the day. Did you really? Yeah. And <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Um, As it was meant to. Still very much. I mean, it's because of the film style, I think it actually mm, works like sure. that. Yeah. Um, it's... I don't know if we're going to talk about Lars von Trier later. Do you have a question about Lars? Um, not really. Okay. For those of you listening, Lars von Trier is the one director who's made a couple movies that I won't even see based on moral grounds. <laughs> um, 
and a lot of his movies I can't recommend to you on moral grounds that I've even seen. But he is, I think, one of the 10 most talented filmmakers ever. He draws out strong negative emotions in me more than any director by far, whether it be grief or depression or anger at injustice uh, or sorrow. And I don't mean that in a ne- like in a bad way. It's a good thing that he does that. But after you watch his movies, you just feel like your heart's been hit by a semi-truck. Um, so that's how I feel right now. I think the music's brilliant. Bjork is gave one of the greatest performances of all time. Probably maybe the greatest performance of the century so far. And if you want to watch this, you'll you'll really feel it. I highly encourage it because it it makes you want to give people hope. I think despite all the hopelessness. Hmm. <laughs> um. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I think. I think I'm. I'm. I feel pulled in two different directions. Um. With this movie. Um. Very. Yeah. Vo- very emotionally resonant. Um. As Jared pointed out. Very very effective in in its mission i believe to uh connect um and for you to connect with it as a piece of art um i had some i definitely i think had some criticisms in like the first half um even some other parts but um yeah very <laughs> very confusing <laughs> oh, I'm feeling Interesting. I think everyone listening can probably hear it in our voices right now yeah we're very well uh, I'm sick we're very soft I'm, very <laughs> I'm sure like genuinely very flat and dull <coughs> I'm genuinely sick that was a fake cough um, <coughs> Ricky what'd you think yeah so I also think Lars von Trier is one of the greats I'd probably put him in my top five filmmakers period um, I don't know why but I feel like I'm almost a uh, what's the word like a masochist when it comes to art where I just like feeling negative emotions with my art a lot so mm. for whatever reason like this is the third time I've watched this movie and I just love it um, maybe it's a safe place for me to feel these emotions I don't know but mm. um, as Jared said I think he does it in such a powerful way and I think the f- the type of filmmaking that he sort of helped pioneer or at least uses in a lot of his films really is effectual and I think just allowing you to be with the characters and in the the moments and I would say I do like to get lost in the cinematography and the like shot composition and stuff but I think he basically forces you to not think about that and in a way that's just so effective emotionally Um, we can talk about that more later but yeah I just this film is pretty much perfect to me I I think it's the best musical I've ever seen Um, I think the way it uses kind of cinema history for musicals to its own um message or story is really just clever and well written i think it yeah just works on all levels for me i think it's a masterpiece i can't really love you complain against it um but yeah so can't praise it enough please Mm -hmm. go watch it unless you really really don't like sad things then maybe maybe watch it anyways and it won the palm door at Cannes in 2001 
that it did. And Bjork won Best Actress. Normally when they give out an award for the Palme d'Or, they don't give that movie any other awards. But Bjork was so good in this that they gave her an award too. She was very good. And that is a a great segue into my first question, um, which is, I think Bjork's performance is quite standout in this film. And I would just like to, yeah, hear you guys' thoughts on specifically... um, yeah, the job that Bjork did and what she brought to this film as it pretty much centers entirely around her. Well, I think she has just in her her physicality in the in the film is she's an adult, she's a mother, but she also has these childlike kind of features mm. and kind of way of being that make her seem incredibly vulnerable mm. um, to the world around her, especially once you realize that her vision is, is going. Yeah. Um, and so there is just this fragility. And yeah. I, th- I think at least for me, some dread of like, she's going to get hit by a truck <laughs> or, or the train. <laughs> yeah. Like all these little moments that like the world around her is so threatening and I think she yeah. she just kind of is able to to naturally I think bring those those things out that that vulnerability in her character that I think was so compelling mm-hmm. and intriguing and tragic yeah. and yeah. beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I definitely I definitely felt that like childlike naivete that like yeah is she going to be taken advantage of or like manipulated or you know kind of like she's very positive and very trusting and very um you know forward thinking and she just like she's of the world and daydreams all the time you know and it's like yeah you, you do yeah you do kind of and then yeah tack on the fact that she's losing her sight and it's like oh god <laughs> even more vulnerable now this is um yeah and she yeah she played that she played that pretty well i feel um and it's it's interesting thinking of like who bjork is versus who this character is and the overlap yeah i think there's a lot of overlap i i find this character very similar to i don't know if any of you guys have read the idiot by dostoevsky but it's kind of that classic archetype of the the fool or the simple Hmm. idiot in a way they're simpleton but they're also very wise and bear through a lot of things maybe it's because they're not all there but in a sense it makes them more all there and i think when you listen to bjork's music the words you guys used are some of the main ones i'd use to describe it like Hmm. childlike whimsical at the same time very wise yeah vulnerable but at the same time very strong her voice feels like yeah and voice so is great she just seems perfectly cast yeah and no. and her commitment to it with the tears and yeah the vulnerability and even yeah like you're saying even with the physicality like with her eyes yeah big time it feels like she's going blind and bjork's not blind at all Right. <laughs> um, or is it like a Stevie Wonder situation? Yeah, the, Stevie Wonder. Sorry, there's like a conspiracy theory. People think that he's not blind. That and would he's be amazing. Like, that quote been faking from it his whole life. I, I, whatever. That, that would, would be but nuts. But what it like? <laughs> but her, I don't know if it's Lars or if it's her, but you feel so much compassion 
mm. for the hardships she's going through and you don't mm. feel as if she can do anything about it which is what makes it devastating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i think that i mean it, i guess it plays in the whole golden hearts idea but like similar to the i haven't seen the idiots but similar to breaking the ways where like there's this main character that's just like uh, yeah almost i don't like mentally handicaps too far probably maybe that the other movie maybe yeah. closer but just like almost stuck in this child dishness like they just have this innocence about them and yeah i think there's just a purity that's lost to the darkness of our world oftentimes and so it's just so interesting like i like you guys all just said i think she like portrays that childish um innocence and kind of almost wonder to the world even though she has so little and is like struggling and just her inner strength which Mm. i think she also shows really well maybe through the physicality Mm um but i think you guys hit it really well i and she also just chooses to be happy a lot yeah when she Mm. has no reason to be happy the second just so she chooses happiness yeah the Mm. second song is like Oh, heartbreak. <laughs> Remind us. Uh, it's the one where she's. I don't remember the name of the song where she's singing about like uh, I've seen it all. I've seen it all. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. that song. The train. The train. Yeah, with the train. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. singing that she's that's seen it all. That's the famous one, right? Yeah. yeah, that's the one that's got Tom York on it in the duet when it's not in the movie. Oh, really? really? The recording of her and Tom York. No, no the voice of the actor is actually Tom York. No, that they use the actor in the movie, but like oh, okay. the recording, they they have Tom York singing oh, with her. Dang. That's great. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, most of that's outside of the movie, but that's now I, now I need to do that. Yeah, these songs are one of my great. favorite Bjork songs. Yeah, these songs are really good. And so I guess we can go from there. Uh, next question. Uh, this is obviously a musical, mm-hmm. and I was just wondering what your guys' opinions were on this as a musical. Probably not the most conventional musical out there, but I think it personally, I think it uses these songs in a very compelling way for the narrative. So just yeah, wonder what you guys think. I thought that what i yeah the music was not quite what you would expect from a musical um and typically it doesn't work for me uh, but it worked for me this time guys it worked for ethan and i think the reason like (laughs) like like for just nothing against the movie itself but one that i didn't connect with with the music is annette Mm. and the reason i think i connect with the music here is it's Bjork's voice. The music here is much better too. I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and like her, it's kind of a similar. I mean, she wrote style, the music though. Mm. It's I like think it's like situational, and they're kind I, of like. I do agree when I rewatch this. I do think Annette is influenced by this. Right, like yeah. like they're singing in the environment. It's like pulled from it, and it's 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 kind of flowy. It's kind of speechy, where they're like saying what's happening. Sometimes, not all the time, but um, I I see some over. I'm not saying it's exactly the same at all. I'm just saying, yeah, I see some some overlap there with with Annette. But yeah, anyway, but Ethan, um, yeah, continue. Yeah, I felt like her voice is just so it's it's one of those voices that can be you know in the same breath almost a whisper and then just power you know a whisper like stratosphere like yeah big yeah just guttural and then just this hushed tones and mm. so i just think her voice just man makes the music just like pff, there's next so much, level there's so much expression in her voice too mm-hmm. and like character yeah it, it it can almost like be an instrument or like her, which it is. I mean, like, your voice is an instrument. I know that. <laughs> Come on, Even God. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I love just uh, noises. Somebody. I love the music in this movie because it 
is her it it works with the story it's not like it just busts into this beautiful song but mm-hmm. it's her making music based off the sounds that are around her mm. like in the factory she's hearing all these machine sounds i'm gonna make a song out of that and dance to it or even walking down the mm-hmm. final 107 steps yeah it just it, it i know the music is her escapism from reality but it the escapism here it feels more grounded because it uses the sounds around her yeah. instead of just pure escapism it's like a grounded yeah. escapism it, it, i think because it's like diegetically like yeah. within the character itself and so you i think it's like that this, for me it's like the power of film where it's like i get to be like with this character in these moments that are hyper real and they yep. just don't lose me which i think is a total testament to this film because for such a naturalistic style that it goes mm-hmm. for the fact that these sequences work is like just insane <laughs> yeah, it almost feels like found footage <laughs> yeah d- yeah and we'll let's go i'll get into the dogma so stuff funny. later but <laughs> Um, I think I'll, I think I'll start with, for me, I'll start with a positive and say that, man, when I found out that like, I don't know, it just didn't click for me that she was such a fan of musicals and she was creating like her, she was, she was surrounding herself and becoming a part of a musical in it, in it, in, in itself um as a way to cope with the world cope with life cope with stresses but also just like she just wants to be in a musical and and like the whole movie is just like there's so many there's so many moments where where that happens where she makes that happen for herself and it was only at the end of the movie or near the end of the movie that i realized that that's kind of what she was doing um i thought that was like such a like a circular kind of like beautiful um beautiful image of what she was trying to do for herself is that she like I, I i know that she wishes she could be in a musical and she tried to be in a musical oh yeah maria um you know without spoiling anything <laughs> i watched the sound of music starring bjork oh 100%. Um, <laughs> you know and she just she just couldn't make that happen and i know that probably killed her oh that was tragic. Um, yeah so sad but she bears it so well it's so so good <sighs> it's so yeah yeah and the fact yeah the fact that she plays it off that she never wanted to do it anyway um it's so sad um i will say though i think the I'm not sure if this is the case for every song that was played. Definitely the first one. <laughs> it was so chaotic, and there were cuts every half second. Bang! That there were a lot of cuts. And, a lot of cuts. And and some of some of the things were like close, far, close, far, and I just like my mind hurt watching it and i just i i hated it fair. well you know i fair. hated it i, I was I, you know what i did for that sequence yeah. my eyes bled afterwards i was like oh this is too much this is so much i liked the music i'm not saying anything about the music but visually man that hurt so correct me if i'm wrong jared but i believe well, they had like a hundred cameras set up in that that factory yeah. one, and they just and they just like it. they just shot it like that yeah. and then they hundred percent they shot ex- coverage with the hundred cameras yeah, like, like we'll an go experimental let's hide all That's these cameras crazy. so they can't see each other in the factory and then we'll just edit together the footage we got in a chaotic oh kind of what it felt like yeah yeah it's, it's, wow. it's kind of what it felt like like wait why is there a camera here and there and there it was like oh my god which that is like oh. the most like jarring one I'd say maybe the less like beautiful mm-hmm. but I think it works for like the chaos 
chaos of the song itself too right. obviously but. less jarring ones when she's in the prison I had the same thought my first time watching that sequence but oh my god and yeah. and 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 I'm not I don't know I'm not a uh, Anyway, no, that was that was just about the music. I was about to say another craft thing, but no, no, just yeah. But I, it's I'm, as far as the music, I mean, are there more questions I'll, about the music? A later? lot of the other, a lot of the other things worked. I, I felt, but I think we had most of it. I guess I'd be interested if you guys had like a favorite musical number, one that worked the best for you. Be yeah. happy to hear those. Oh wait, did you answer your own question? I don't know. Yeah, he's 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 I mean, weighed in a little bit. Yeah. I'd, okay. I by far have a favorite musical number. I yeah. think the orchestration at the beginning of the movie is one of the most beautiful pieces of music I've ever heard. Mm. It's the best. It's symphonic. Oh, I loved that. And it's mm. seems so simple, but yeah, it's such an emotional, rain like set of notes, and then how it builds, and then I forgot that she sang it at the end. Me too. Yeah. And that hit hard wait she sang it at the end yeah the the notes of that opening overture she's singing as she's got the noose around her neck when she's singing that oh, song yeah, to yeah. Jean. yeah it's kind of she opens it which but, i think that's also a great like i guess that'd be an overture right um, yeah it's called the song's called overture oh, okay perfect yeah. um i i feel like for me at least this time watching it I really just felt like all right we're gonna put you in this headspace of like we're not gonna logisticize all of this and like oh this means this it's just like a feeling and you kind of get at least for me felt like i was like put in this mood of like all right i'm just gonna feel this movie it kind of it really worked. introduces itself as a major piece of art, too. When you hear that majestic symphony, and then you've got this abstract color changing dude, behind it. Dude, mm-hmm. that it, it just was... just is an, an announcement like, hey, we're about to do something. That visual was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I thought... I know this is completely unrelated to the music, but I felt like... Because it was fading in and out of other like f- forms of like the artwork, or those like paintings or whatever. And it was so seamless and so slow and 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 faded so seamlessly into the next thing that i was just like i was completely transfixed yeah i was watching it wondering like with the me and it worked with the music or did someone like paint and then paint a little more and take a picture and paint a little more it definitely looked like a painting yeah 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 Hmm. oh Hmm. my god yeah. Which I think that's like it. I just love how Lars von Trier in most of his films will just, just experiment and like even just little things like that. And each yeah. of his like opening titles for like the, like where, how it just says Dance in the Dark's like always just wild and interesting. And I think he always is experimenting in some way, which I always appreciate. But but he knows how to communicate emotion abstractly. Cause mm-hmm. You you hear that and you watch that and you're like, this is the movie. If you've seen it already, mm-hmm. like you yeah. feel like this is it. Even though like there's nothing. Tangentially, you can. Tie I thought it, it would just be paintings the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Painting in the light. Well, because it does go. It does go on for like five or like you know. It's like it's like anywhere from three to yeah, five. Yeah, it's like right two hours. It kind of reminded me of the the original West Side Story, where it yeah. takes a while to come in. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. it's like it's changing colors, and then eventually you see it's the New York skyline, and mm-hmm. it felt very similar in that in that sense. Not. Ethan, yeah. did you have a favorite? Yeah, I think the song where she's on the train, yeah, or on the tra- train so track good. with Jeff. I just think I was, that was just really. It felt very much like this. This disease isn't gonna have the final say. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of what I felt when I heard that and mm-hmm. saw that whole sequence. The lyrics so of yeah, that make me tear up. Yeah, yeah, that's probably my favorite. I would say. That yeah, that that song really got me, especially this time. Everyone go to Spotify, look up I've Seen It All, Bjork and Tom York. I don't know if I have a favorite. Um, 
I liked I liked her singing. I, I just thought it was really beautiful. Um, her trying to create music in the prison um, by singing to herself. Um, took mine. So, <laughs> what? So you took mine. Sorry. No, it's okay. Go. Well, keep no, going, I was. I mean, I was originally going to just say like her song, her like 107 Steps song was incredibly beautiful and it's similar concept where it's like she's trying to like create one last you know she she wishes there it's so quiet she wishes there was more music and the prison guard helps her out by like stomping her feet and stuff like that whoever thought just singing numbers would be so fascinating right (laughs) i'm just singing numbers and thematically it's just like it's Mm -hmm. very i mean obviously you know what's happening so it's just incredibly powerful so Got yeah, nothing sorry. left to think about, I guess, or sing about. Um, yeah, and I, I believe Bjork and like her main producer wrote most of the songs, and then it, like Lars might have helped a tad here and there with lyrics. But um, so also just shout out to Bjork for also writing these songs while acting. And, Man, Bjork. Um, I want yeah. to. Sh- I would also like to shout out that song after the murder. Oh, mm. that was mm-hmm. that the- was the most v- visually interesting. I think. Oh, you did what you had to do. Yeah. Yeah. When she keeps saying, silly Selma. Yeah. Yeah, man. Eerie. Just her struggling with... And then it had, like, like, some overhead shots of them, like, dancing in this pastoral environment that, like, wasn't quite the same style. That was the one time where I felt like style changed. And on the train, too, where the color is just interesting. I don't know how he did it. It was well, like I a vi- them, it was more vibrant, wasn't it? I mean, all of them ha- had like the saturation like boosted yeah, the match. Yeah, saturation boosted. <laughs> yeah, definitely noticed that when it was like the song. And that's that's purposeful because they're dipping into a song and it's like a separation and then as soon as it goes back to reality, it's like, yeah, it's way desaturated. Yeah. <laughs> it's like almost muted. Yeah. yeah. But that looked I, like a new style of art, those shots. I um for whatever reason something about her singing these are some of my favorite things or is it just called favorite things whatever the song from Sound of Music yeah her singing that things. in the jail cell when she just has literally nothing is just like I don't know why but that might be one of like the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen in a piece of cinema yeah um I, yeah I can't really describe it outside of that but it's just kind of wrecks me and then the rest of the film just continues to get to the end but uh yeah this is this is a movie that i can already tell for myself if i rewatch this you want to watch right now it's going to be alone oh and i will cry a lot <laughs> i will cry a lot um and it's not because i'm with you guys it's just because i think i was i was unprepared for what it was yeah I had a lot of thoughts. I think they were overpowering my emotions. Hmm. I agree I with didn't, that. I could feel, I felt the same way. I didn't cry. Mm. But I cried more in the first half. Man, I, 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 I like, as I'm reviewing this movie, I'm like, if I ever watch this again, that's how I felt when we got done. I'm it's like, I'm over. Not, I watched it once and I was dude. like, I don't know if I'm going to want to watch this again. And then Ricky's like, well, I'm going to make you. <laughs> it's, I'm going to cry so much. See, I feel like in the first half, there's like those glimmers that like hit me, but just the whole, like from prison on is just like, I'm ruined. From prison like. on is some of the, the most, tra- like Bjork's performance is so, 
so incredibly realistic. She looks like a person who is about to die. Muscle fatigue, just like fainting, like crying, like like it was hard to watch mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. in that moment. And you could not help but think of yourself in her place. Mm-hmm. What if I was about to die in this moment? It makes it even like, it may, then it's like three times as sad. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's so hard. I'm almost more devastated at the moment where, well, for those of you, I mean, you should watch this, but if you haven't. Yeah, I would say Bjork, some of, someone needs to probably summarize what, Bjork what's going on. Bjork has been saving up on. a bunch of money because she's going blind. She believes her son's going blind as well. He probably is because mm-hmm. um, it passes down genetically. So she's been saving up all this money. The guy whose land she lives on uh, finds out she has all this money. He's acting like he's rich and his wife's spending all his money. So he steals her money and then she goes to get it back and he like won't let her and then he like makes her feel his gun and she accidentally shoots him and then he's like kill me kill me i want to die while at the same time incriminating her really odd and then she has to kill him Mm -hmm. and eventually she smashes his head and it's hard to watch yeah yeah because you're like did she do this because he asked her would she have done it if he didn't ask her i don't think so i think it's like a hurt puppy situation where he's and already been shot a couple times so she's like i gotta finish this right and it like it sets up like his character sets up this situation where like you feel you feel bad you you sympathize with selma sorry is that her name yeah yeah um you sympathize with selma you're like this guy's an this guy is an evil prick like for stealing her money from a blind person she's paying for an operation for her son and then you go back and you're like well she killed him but it was like there was weird circumstances for it and she didn't feel like she had a choice but she still killed she still has to like in in the eyes of the law she still has to pay for her crimes and it's just like it's like this back and forth where it's just like moral dilemma yeah for sure because like you put it you put this yeah you put this moral dilemma in front of a classroom and probably most people would side with with her in the case of like <laughs> what she was just in doing it for and like emotionally you sympathize with her and you know you've been following her journey so it makes it a lot harder but yeah. but yeah it's not I don't know. It's oh god, it's so it's so tragic, dude. It's, wreck me. Did, sorry, did you have something to say, Jared? Well, I was just going to say it's interesting that a character like this, and I think this is true of people in life that are similar to Selma's character, they either like she either brings out the worst in people or the very best in people. She's either seen as someone to take advantage of or she's seen as someone to help. Mm. Um like Catherine Deneuve's character coming to her at the factory. So sweet. Right. Um, the theater director wanting her to keep being Maria because he, he sees the purity mm-hmm. of her wanting to be in the musical. Yeah. Or even the prison guard at the end, that woman oh. just helping her. It's that woman. Like this, they, they see who this person is and they think, I can exploit this person to my gain or this person needs my help and I... I can be a part of that. And they also bring me joy at the same time. 
is just a very interesting how he does that with the characters in this i feel like you know what it kind of felt like kind of felt like paddington 100 <laughs> percent, like totally paddington situation like here's a where the world is what's wrong right and the the this character is this again this golden them. heart mm-hmm. kind yeah. of yeah you person. mentioned that uh pot or yeah. two ago yeah yeah, because I, I really it's only the police officer and then the like governmental systems at play that are like doing anything bad Systemic. this whole movie pretty much yeah and so it's like someone with power uh a police officer in this instance and then yeah like the whole system is kind of what has is kind of failing in this instance which i just yeah i also find interesting because these people around her as you stated were all pretty loving and took care of her and oh, god did everything they could to you know even the factory guy when he fired her yeah mm-hmm. yeah you, you want to want to do it you want to know the moment that i think i was closest at crying in this movie was um the would-be boyfriend's prison call with bjork oh and she said the thing about the baby at the, at the end of the little baby like why did you have mm-hmm. the baby why'd you have him yeah. Just the whole interaction yeah, and him was... being sad and him loving her and like, oh, man, God, it's like, and even him, like he himself, like he was a simple man and he was attracted to this, to this woman's purity and beauty and like, he just he just loves her and wants her to live and is just in that in that call he's just so sad since we're on the topic of, out of, this pod! <laughs> of of the conversation about her having a child and this is about bomb moms uh, is Selma a bomb mom in this movie? Oh, man. Well, how are we defining it? I think bomb mom means you're a good mom. In so this, Selma, in, in you're this movie, mom. how are we defining it? She's good? I think she's good. I yes. think she's being the best mom she knows how to be. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I don't think she knows any better. I do wish she would have called her son while she was in jail. Yeah. But yeah. I think she wanted to help him move on, and she was just confused at how to do that. Yeah. But she didn't yeah. want him to see, like, that be the last memory of her. Well, it's like one of those tough situations where I don't feel like she's, like, <clears throat> loving, like, to him, right? She's pretty strict and, like, has, like, the, her best interests for him, but she probably doesn't, like, show affection to him, yeah. almost knowing, like... Toughen him? No, like, I, like he'll be better without me, this sort of, like, selflessness, right. which is, yeah, kind of, I guess, a little twisted. Right, because like, I'm not sure I agree with what she says whenever Kathy's, like, he needs a mom. And she's like, he needs his sight. He needs to be able to see his grandkids. And she's like, he needs his mom. Yeah. Well, like, I think I side with Kathy on that. There's even the contrast where she's like, just tell him hello. And she's like, no. But then she tells the prison guard, like, tell your son hello for me. So it's like she's still caring about the other people's kids. Yeah. But she thinks she's caring about her kid in the right way. Mm. But oh, I mean, yeah. like, if, you're, if you Tragic. found out when you were 13 that your mom sacrificed everything so that you could see past 35, I mean, 
how much more bomb of a mom can you get dude yeah like my mom just sacrificing everything so i don't have to go blind like her that's crazy sacrifice and i do think that's like i guess interesting pulling like the immigrants angle into play because how many immigrants did you know immigrate to the u.s for a promise that was wasn't necessarily fully true and basically sacrificed their love like happiness livelihood their whole life for this next generation yeah you know Mm -hmm. for sure yeah i think it's i i think it's pretty common for most parents to want to give their kids what they weren't able to have and so but that's that's the end of the movie right where she's Mm -hmm. like i don't want I forget the quote is at the end that he puts up there, but she's always like, I don't want the movie to end. I want to leave before the next right. to last song right. because she's thinking after me. So she's saying that for the movie in her imagination, but for her, she's like, after me, this movie goes on. Mm-hmm. Like this is an end with me, which I think is a very mm-hmm. uh, noble which, mindset. Which this go, this go around, the, the I didn't necessarily get this angle the when I saw it before, but I did get like whether it's intended or not like a spiritual angle with that and like a double meaning behind the very last shot of the film i think could be interpreted that way Um, going up to the heavens yeah yeah i think he wants to i don't know if he's ever gotten there but he feels like he wants yeah and i mean he puts these little allusions to it with like the church and the the prison and there's like the jail cell the guy with the the cross in there and like like he's obviously i've I've listened to some interviews with lars he knows his theology yeah he's not he's not unaware well, and I know he, I do know him himself has kind of gone in and out the throes of belief and yeah. not. So, um, I don't even know where he was at when he made this movie, but, um, he wasn't a great person to Bjork during this movie. Yeah. Sorry, Bjork. We know you're being <laughs> really vulnerable and giving your all and you didn't have the best experience. And Lars was probably a part of that. So we apologize, Bjork. Yeah. He was from what I understand it pretty like abusive towards her throughout oh. the making of this film. Um, that's Jeez. Yeah. pretty terrible. Yeah, so pretty it's sad stuff. Um, it's a damper on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <coughs> but Bjork, this was her one and only role up until this year. She's going to be in the yeah. Northman, yeah. So, could I could I, I spend like a very small amount of time on something that you I have know five seconds? You probably don't want to talk about um, while just talking about Lars and decisions and choices. <laughs> well, your time's up. So. Oh. <laughs> shit <laughs> um no just like i was i was very uh, i i didn't know okay so like the, it's it's four by three right it's the aspect ratio i don't know is bo- like is, is a square yeah. it's boxed yeah, yeah um, so he must be a square and, in real life <laughs> and um and just like Right from the get as well, the quality of of the filming looks okay. like it was filmed on like a high eight. Yeah. We're, okay. So this is perfect. We're going to go to the next question. Okay. No. So. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. And and so yeah, I just I was like, huh. Okay. Yeah. So th- all right. This film is sort of in the peak period of Lars von Trier using this film movements, I guess, that he started with Thomas Vinterberg. Is that his name? Yeah, Vinterberg. Um, Who did... Festin, or Celebration in English. Yes. Um, And so they basically started this thing called the Dogma 95 movement. And the idea is that 
um, you had to be handheld. You couldn't use any artificial lighting. Um, you couldn't, what? I don't think it could be a period piece. There was like all these crazy rules and like trying to make it as naturalistic as like possible. Whoa. And I think it's none of Lars von Trier's movies actually officially followed the Dogma 95 no, movement. No, he like more used it as a general and then he divert, divulged yeah. something. And so, yeah, so he broke parts more, you know, in certain parts more than later. But you can see that like as like a kind of baseline for this film for okay. sure and so um that's why you have this kind of really shaky movement you have all these like cuts everywhere like you have it like late to following people's movements yeah it's it, it's like tight zooms on people's faces and then it'll like come out mm -hmm. and like the the most critical way i can describe it is it's like this looks like my friend made this yeah <laughs> and so like it, yeah, it, it yeah. doesn't look amazing right to it kind of reminded, me, it know, reminded me of um once yeah <laughs> what like the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the feel and style like a like a high eight camera is yeah. like the, it's like what is going on yeah so why do you guys think he shot it like that <sighs> I think it's because he's a genius. I, <laughs> I, I, you give any filmmaker in the world the exact same tools he had and the same rules. I don't think you're going to get anyone to make me feel as much emotion as he made me feel in this movie. I don't know how he does it. So, I mean, I could philosophize about his reason for grounding it and why the footage, like most people, when you see worse quality and shaky handheld i'm like this sucks this right. is awful right but he that's what he, I there's thought. something <laughs> that he knows that no one else knows <laughs> kind of like van gogh i you don't gonna, know why he painted it that gonna, way but it's beautiful you're gonna cue us in what, what does he know that no one i don't that? know that's okay. the thing that's why that's why he's the only one that can do it somehow he pulls it off and i, I can't explain how i was well, about to say like what are you recognizing well i think part of it is for him he felt like trying to have these like perfectly aligned shots and everything being like crisp and clean got in the way of the stories that were being told and so in this like a very emotional actor focused story and so i think the idea is stripping away everything so that you can't focus on anything else except what that character is going through mm -hmm. and then also he's like out of the way of the actor's performance and they can just be themselves and he doesn't have to tell them hey stand in that spot and then move three paces over here then spin around it's just like go but and that's then, what's crazy when he does that he does that style a lot oh, he too. Does great too and it's it great works. yeah <laughs> yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Is that just why, as well yes, is that why does. some some frames it's like the entire box is just their face yeah, I mean, that's Cause like... Because like what you said about 30 seconds ago where it's like you want them to be focused on this, nothing else. Well, you literally can't focus on anything else. There's nothing to focus on. But, Their face is in but frame. But so many directors try to do that and it utterly fails. Well, they, they don't try, put their they try whole to face do that in the frame. Thing, and it <laughs> well, utterly fails. Well, I do think that, in my opinion, it's something special with like writing and working with actors in this way. Um in terms of just getting like I mean th that performance maybe that was mostly just Bjork and maybe just cast the right people more the so the other performances around her are great exactly so I think it's maybe just that he casts the right people and it's good writing anyways I think he just lets that stuff breathe and gives it space and to my knowledge he's also one of the most like like producers that work with him so he's like the most efficient filmmaker they've ever worked with where yeah. like he just goes he just zips through it and goes like under cost or under budget and stuff well so. this felt under 
but that was the feel at least but But i think i saw the first time i watched this movie and sorry i'm talking so much about this uh the first time i watched this movie you were gonna talk i i hated that part of it and i was going through all of his films in order yeah and so his first films are like he was obsessed with tarkovsky and it was all about crafting these images and the camera movement and like it was just so precise Mm -hmm. and i loved everything about it and then he jumped to this and what the hell is this where did it go (laughs) um but and so like i was like it still affected me but i felt like especially it's shot on this digital crappy camera it looks awful um, can you imagine spielberg going from west side story to like this style <laughs> that would <laughs> be only in war of the world <laughs> that's kind but, of what lars did but i think what it does is i think it it also works emotionally for me because it feels like a documentary and for some reason in my mind i'm able to like fully believe that this is real to a level mm-hmm. that like those other things, I think they work on different levels, but there's always an artifice with film and I never think you can fully get away from it. But for something about this, it feels like truly like a documentary film to me. And it just impacts me in an emotional way that I feel like a lot of other things don't quite do when it comes mm-hmm. to just being inside a character's like life. Mm-hmm. But speaking of documentaries about going blind, I want to shout out in the land of silence and darkness by Werner Herzog. It's the other movie that I think of when I watch this because it's about people who are blind and deaf. Hmm. Hmm. And I, when I watch Ooh, her and this man. and him trying to put you in the place of someone going blind, that's a pretty, I don't know. It's a scary place for me. Yeah. Yeah. No. To think it, about. Yes. Um, I felt I'll, it too. I feel a lot of empathy f- for those people, but then I also feel very selfish because mm. I'm so scared of that and mm. I never want that. Mm-hmm anyways yeah i, I feel like sometimes i'll think about that. that in bed and then i'll start like hyperventilating and mm-hmm. freaking out it's not a fun time yeah um, oh geez man yeah. oh god <laughs> don't think about it or do i don't know think about it compassionately you've ruined my night <laughs> about other people <laughs> <laughs> um yeah anyways that i that was the questions i had prepared do you guys have any last thoughts before we i think wrap there's it up a lot here? of things about this movie that criticizes america yes even mm. the fact that the policeman's name is bill like it's all about the dollar um, everyone questioning her about why did you have the baby if you knew it was going to go blind as if like you could have aborted it right um, yep. and I think that's a very American thing mm. um, and she's like I wanted to have a baby I wanted to hold a baby and I mean some of the structure stuff like I, I there's a part of me that doesn't like how long we are in the courtroom I don't know why courtroom stuff in movies are like my least favorite thing of all time mm. and in the prison um, but I think he does that because he's trying to say something about those systems. Mm-hmm. And I love America, but there are some things that we have jacked up. Yeah. yeah and he, he throws the flag and in the a lot of shots thing. to kind of even push that on you yeah, a little and, more. And definitely the immigrant angle of mm. these people are sacrificing a lot to get here. Right. Um, and we just kind of are like, yeah, you can go be our heavy, our heavy work and go to the factory and that's still not going to be enough for you. Right. And then our systems are going to throw you under the bus, mm-hmm. which I mean is it's unavoidable in some case because of depravity of human nature, but it's still sad to watch. It makes you angry. Right. <coughs> yeah. I think the reason I did, I did definitely mostly connect with this film. The first half in particular, I think just her, her, or the way that she lives her life. And yeah, I just really felt her genuine, like strength and trying to provide for her son and mm-hmm. then how she can take advantage of and it's just tragic 
Um, but I do, I did feel that the prison stuff felt a little bit gratuitous to me. Hmm. So I couldn't quite, I just couldn't quite get there. It felt like it was too much. Um, hmm. And so that to me kept me from being completely in it. Cause I was like, you were just, it feels, it was, it's strange cause it's not very gory, Mm-mm. but it did feel to me like, gratuitous the amount of stress she was under and how they drugged that out or it felt to me it felt like they they really dragged that out and then the very end whenever like she goes through the floor i'm like okay this was just too much Hmm. so i couldn't quite i think the 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 scene with the police officer woman who walks with her and gets her up that got me yeah but everything after that i was just like oh this is just too Hmm. it's too much i can't connect anymore back to the first half too you got her working so hard to provide for her son and you have that exact foil in the policeman's wife who's like he's like she's just buying everything she wants more yeah. like I, I yeah. I've he's got plenty but because his wife wants so much he feels right. the pressure and he just can't say buy no and buy and buy and he like, can't just say, say no, no Bill. he's a worm of a man yeah <laughs> yeah bad man but our culture breeds that into people yeah and Mars as an outsider can see that yeah like, it definitely does easy. Yeah, it definitely so it's does. A coward's way out. Couldn't. I, I do think it's himself. funny. He's never been to America. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, he's funny. afraid of planes, so he won't. He's afraid of planes. Yeah, wow. like definitely afraid of planes. Large one tree. That's <laughs> oh, wow. that's crazy. We haven't even pointed out that this is the movie where Bjork got invited to the Oscars and wore the famous swan dress. She wore the swan dress at that. Yeah, she sang "I've Seen It All" at the oh, Oscars in the swan dress. That's fun. With Tom York, I think. That's so cool. I remember that dress. I'm not familiar with the swan dress. You know what's you know what's crazy? You're not familiar with the swan dress? Oh, <laughs> no. you gotta Google the swan dress. You know what's crazy? I remember at that time that was scandalous. Oh, it was a big deal. Isn't that so freaking weird now? <laughs> Isn't that huh. the weird like <laughs> how far we've come and like what's scandalous? How dare she wear a swan? <laughs> well, no, because it was like the neck came over and like covered her boob. So it was like I'd wear that. It was like ooh, and it was like oh my god. You look at it now, and you're just like, okay, that's not a big deal. That'll be at all. my next prom dress. <laughs> <laughs> all the guys would want to go to prom with you. Yeah, they would. <laughs> yeah, they would. Good, but yeah, Great. no, I agree with the the American angle, and I think I, I I was impressed. Like I feel like he gets a lot of mileage about out of like a lot of the like symbols and you don't need to focus on those at all but even like the tin where it's like oh this is like something that i was like hopeful in these musicals and that's what i'm gonna put my money in and that i don't know anyways i think there's a lot of good stuff there but man um yeah good stuff I think that's a wrap good pick Ricky. A would recommend the movie um please watch it please watch the movie yeah, good pick for Bomb Moms, dude. She was a Bomb Mom. Yeah, that was... Uh, I didn't know exactly how that was going to pan out. Because sometimes you get, you know, Jared picking something that has nothing to do with the, like the what? topic Name whatsoever. One. Name one. <laughs> there, there you go. Percy. <laughs> there was they a cat a in the movie. There's there's there, was, there was arguably there was more cats in cats it. cats in your movie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, don't come at me with this. Good. Not right. tonight. Not not tonight. No, <laughs> we thank you, Bjork. Yeah. We thank you, Bjork. Are you gonna Thanks, like Bjork. weave music throughout this episode? Uh, I can. Yeah. You gotta end as, as overture. we overture. T- yeah, as we talk about it, 
Um, yeah, I can I can throw it in. But yeah, no, I agree with you. That overture. I remember thinking, God, this is a good piece of music. I was shocked when I saw that Far Bjork out. wrote that too. Yeah, like, that's wow. Bjork. Oh, that's really? Cool. Yeah. I it thought did it say some, in the credits that she composed all the music. All of it. I thought She's it was some genius. symphonic thing that Lars loved, and it's like, oh no, that's Bjork. Wow. So I mean, like, she really did carry this film. Like, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. She should be proud. Bjork, if you're listening, you should be proud. Well, no, you made four grown men cry tonight. Well, no, because like, there's there's obviously personal feelings and potential trauma that she in, in incurred on this film. Yeah. And so she could have very negative feelings towards this film, but she did an insanely good job on this yeah. and she, mm-hmm. she, she should be proud. And, and it sucks that this maybe, I mean, it's, it's speculation caused her to not want to be involved in another film. It's possible. I, I, yeah. I think she basically said that was like, yeah, I never want right. to do that again. It that sucks. Brutal. She was amazing in this. She could have right. been one of the greatest actresses of all time. Yeah. She was, she easily emoted more than a lot of actresses that I've seen on film. She's great in the two seconds that she's in of the, the Northman trailer. So, <laughs> I think she's only in like one or two scenes in that, but we'll take in it. In the whole but, movie? Yeah. Oh, oh I want bummer. more of it. I want more. I'll take it anyways. Um, okay, so what are we watching next? Who's, also, who's wait, up? we forgot to talk about how Catherine Deneuve's in this. Catherine oh, yeah. Deneuve of Umbrella oh, of Sherberg and Young Girl the Rochefer and Donk, Donkey Skin. <laughs> she's in this movie. She is. She's a musical legend Lars got. Good for him. Jeez. We love you, yeah. Catherine. And Even in that, he's just make, ma- making little nods to... To the cinema history. Is Ethan the next pick? That's me. Do you have a bomb mom? I do. Okay, oh, what's what? Well, before you tell us the movie, what's the mother's name? I don't know. Do you know? I don't remember. I watched it a while back. <laughs> I say a while back. It's not that long ago. Especially after tonight, I'm really glad that I picked. I'm picking Lady Bird. <laughs> oh. oh, Lady okay. Bird, Lady Bird, Search your Ronin. Very I need to oh, that I still haven't seen it. I was incredibly underwhelmed on round one. So. I I don't really remember it because I remember well, I watched it, but I can't. But then I was just looking up movies about moms and motherhood, and I was like, oh, I, I'd, I'd watch this again. I want to see what it's like. All right. So we're watching Lady Bird. Yeah, oh, we need to lighten shoot, it up after man. this. Yeah, for I need real. To think of mine. <laughs> Mine's next. <laughs> Dang. Oh. You can pick my other movie I was going to pick. Yeah, Mother. Oh, dang, dude. You could do Bong Joon-ho's Mother. Caleb might have to go next. You could do... Uh, Caleb's dead to us, so... Diary well, of a Wimpy Kid. I'm moving t- next week. You Forever? Could do an extremely goofy movie. Dude, March is so bad. All right. We'll talk about this off pod. Cut. <laughs> you could do Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> What other mom movies could you do? Float, you could do all right. Uh, the Revenant? Eric, have us float through the ceiling. <laughs> I'll overture us out. Thanks for coming, guys. No, overture is the beginning. You could oh, do Shobbs and Hobbs and Shaw. Shobbs and Haw. I can pick a... I, I can find a movie on my own. Where's a movie where a mom drinks wine? <laughs> uh, painting game. Mom. The Babadook. The <laughs> Yikes. Oh, God. What a movie, man. For, uh, Power of the Dog. Oh yeah, she's a good mom. Oh, should we just reprise Little Women? Oh, <laughs> uh, Marmy. I did think about it. Uh, but I'm like, I, I picked that. We've already done it. It'd be kind. Of, it'd be kind yeah, of fun to do a, a repod. I think it's I a good do, idea. I, I mean, she's the, that's the best. That's the bomb mom. Bomb mom. Someone should pick Sound of Music. Oh, since we lost she's that. She's not ep- a. M- oh, she becomes a mom. She becomes a mom. Oh, the best mom is the one that you gain, not the one that birthed you. Oh. Sometimes, not in every situation. <laughs>
in every situation. Every situation. <laughs> this is a blanket statement. Good job, guys. That was good. That's a good app. I could talk about Lars von Trier for days. <laughs>